Luke chapter number 7. We are reading, I hope to finish today, the wisdom is justified by her children. Luke chapter number 7, we're going to read from 26 to 35. Luke chapter 7 from 26 to 35. The Bible says that, but what did you go to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare the way before you. For I say to you, among those born of women, there is none greater, greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And when all the people heard him, even the tax collectors justified God, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the will of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. And the Lord said, to what shall I liken the men of this generation? To what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling one another, saying, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We mourned at you, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist came, having neither bread nor drinking wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Look, a glutton a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. Amen. Okay. Is that okay? All right. Bless you. Hallelujah. So we started talking about wisdom that is justified by her children. And Jesus was really talking about, Jesus was talking about um, how the Pharisees and the lawyers, how they behaved. Because John the Baptist came without eating or drinking and they gave him a name. They say he has a demon. Then Jesus came eating and drinking and they say he's a sinner, a gluttonous man, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus said, wisdom is justified by her children. And we started talking about wisdom. And I said to you, wisdom is the way we think. Hallelujah. Wisdom is the way we think based on the knowledge we have. Amen. It's a particular way you think that will tell us whether you are wise. But you see, everybody here will say to you, me, that they are wise. Isn't that true? How many will say that you are wise? Everybody will say that, listen, I'm a wise person. Amen? But you would know whether you are wise or not, not by what you say, but the outcome of your life will show whether you have been wise. How many have done some very foolish things before? And at the time you were doing it, did you feel confident that you are doing the right thing? Which means that the pro probability of you doing the same thing is great. That one day you will get up and do something and you think that I am doing this very, very clever and wise thing. But it's only after the fact, after the, 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 the time, after whatever you have done has happened that we will tell whether what you did was wise or not. You know, I don't know whether you, you went to school with people who used to fool a lot. Clown in class. 
the, the class clown, isn't it? Always joking, always uh, uh, making fun of, of uh, the teachers and, and all that. And they thought they were the, the popular kids in class and the people that everybody looked up to. And they were just fooling around. And time passed. And you see the outcome of the person. And then you can tell that they weren't so clever. They, weren't, they may have been popular at the time. But they weren't so smart. How many went to school with people? I, I remember we used to go to school. Uh, the, the, the athletes in the school used to get special treatment, special diet, isn't it? They give them a special table and they feed them differently. They give, the, give them eggs and fresh milk. So everybody who tried to be an athlete, even those who couldn't do anything, were trying to be athletes, which was okay. And then some decided that I'm not good at athletics. I'm not even going to try. I'm going to take, stick to my books. There were athletes who I came to meet. When I came to f the first year, they were in their fifth year. By the time I was in my sixth year or upper six, about to take my exams, they were still in the fourth year. No, they were fourth year. They had gone back. I mean, there were people, I don't know whether it still happens, but there were people who used to, they had a contract with the school. They come to the school just to run for the school. So forever they are in the school, but they are not progressing. But you see, those people, we didn't see them at the Olympic Games. We did not see them even in the Commonwealth Games. We didn't see them even in the All-African Games. We didn't see them there. So really, what they were doing, they were getting fresh eggs and fresh milk. But wisdom is justified by the children. And the children they have produced shows that they are not so wise. Hallelujah. I gave you the example last week of, of people, two people who sat in the same class, economics class, learning economics, macroeconomics from the same lecturers. One takes a plane and goes to Africa. And then once stays in Europe and work with the same qualification. After 10 years, we go to Africa to see what this qualified economist has done with the knowledge he received. And we see something. Then we go to the Europe and see the knowledge that this same person who said in the same class, same knowledge, same lecturer has done. And then we say wisdom is justified by her children. It was not so wise with the first person. I, I, I mean, I, I, was thinking, I was thinking about it the other day, and I was very sad. There's a country somewhere in the world, beginning with S. There used to be a certain demography of people that used to run that nation. And the nation was the top in a continent, when that demography was running, it was like an island in, a, in a, a, a continent of darkness, an island of light. Then they changed the demography of people. They said, freedom has come. So they changed the leadership and gave the leadership to another demography of people. Within 10 years, they have, the light has gone 
them and has joined the, conti the other continent. They now look the same. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? Wisdom is justified by children. Somebody was saying that, Pastor, why are you preaching about this? Because this, this is not very spiritual. This is not uh, very, you know, want you to talk about God and uh, angels and spirits and all that. And see, what you must understand is that God has given us something to, with which we will survive and live on the earth. And that is our will. And our will is made up of our mind and our feel. Are you with me? And your mind is the processor of events based on the knowledge you have. And you see, when you process things the right way, we call it wise or wisdom. When you process things the wrong way, we call it foolishness. So you can be very spiritual and be very foolish. Hallelujah. In fact, most spiritual people are foolish. Hallelujah. Recently, there was a prophet somewhere in another part of the world who was saying that when you have to serve God, you have to let your mind go to sleep so you can serve God properly. Because you can't serve God with your mind. Look at the fool talking. God has given you something with which you must serve him with, which is your mind, your thinking faculty. And you have decided, I will let my mind go to sleep and serve God. So they make up things, funny things. And they say that is God. And everybody believes it. Because we don't have to think. Preach, Hallelujah. But you see, wisdom justifies. You see, you see the, the, the wise choices you make will prolong your life. The foolish choices you make will make your life shorter than it ought to be. Amen. And it doesn't matter how long you pray. You can pray 24 hours a day. God will not increase the wisdom you have. Because he's already given you wisdom. And he says that use it. Hallelujah. If you exercise it, it becomes better. If you don't exercise it, it doesn't become better. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 12 verse uh, 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Which means that when your mind is renewed, transformation comes. God will not transform your mind, your life. He has given you his word and he has given you your mind, the processor, to process based on the word. And if you can do that, then you will go far. Then you will do better. Then you will see prosperity. Then you see long life. Then you see abundant life. Amen. But if you decide not to use wisdom... And you want to just be anyhow, you be like the world. Some of us, we are in church, but we are conformed to the world, not transformed. Because we hear the word, but we don't avert our minds to it. We don't use our mind to practice the word we have heard. Rather, we just behave anyhow. As the world says. Because after all, we want to be like everybody else. We don't want to be called spooky. We don't want to be called funny. We don't want to be called, you know, you people are just fanatical. Listen, everybody's crazy. Everybody. I said everybody's crazy. Thank you, Thank you, are, are you with me? 
in the world, everybody's crazy. Everybody's crazy about something. Some people are crazy about music. Some are crazy about football. You know, yesterday I was watching people standing in the rain, jumping up and down and singing whilst their team was losing. In the rain. In the the cold. It doesn't make sense to me. When my team is losing, I don't talk. I become very irritable. And when you come and cross my path, I'll scream at you. But for some people, if their team is losing, they are still jumping up and down. You see, but these same people will turn around and say that people that go to church, they are crazy. And then you will say that, oh, what they are saying makes sense. The man was jumping up and down in the rain with his stomach up and down. I said, everybody's crazy. It doesn't make sense to me that some people travel every weekend. They are going to Bournemouth. They are from Bournemouth. They are going to Newcastle. From Newcastle, they are going to Doncaster. Then they travel to Paris. Then they travel to uh, Czech. Going to watch football. They spend, somebody said that from uh, four years, five years ago, I have spent 75,000 pounds supporting my team. I go home and away. You see, you are laughing. I don't know what you spend your money on. I said, I don't know what you spend your money on. I don't know what you spend your time on. You see, but at the end of the day, we are all spending. And when we finish, wisdom will be justified by the actions we are taking. The children you bear will tell us whether you've been wise or foolish. Because after spending 75,000 pounds watching football, what do you have to show? Your team is still not winning the league. For 10 years, they haven't won the league before. They have actually been relegated twice. Hallelujah. Then you say me that I go to church and I give my tithe and offering, I'm foolish. But you that you have given your 75,000 to the football, they don't even know you. They don't know you. They don't care about you. Hallelujah. When you are sick, you can't ask them to pray for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? So, so we started looking at some of the children of wisdom. Because if I said to you that you've been a fool, you will be very upset with me. Hello? How many are okay with me? If I said that you've been wise, you'll be very happy with me. But you see, let us look at some of the children of wisdom. And then we will see whether we have some or we don't. Because those will prove whether we've been wise or foolish. And the first one we looked at was the fear of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We said the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. Amen. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. So I don't care how many degrees you have. I don't care how many, uh, what do you call it, money you have. If you say there is no God, then you're the child you have produced 
is not a wise child. Amen. The fool says in his heart there is no God. Hallelujah. Some of us, we have never opened our mouths to say that there is no God. But our behavior, the things we do, it shows, shows us that we don't really even believe there is no God. Because our behavior doesn't show that there is a God. How many know what I'm talking about? Number two, building houses. Ask your neighbor, do you have a house? What did they say? Ask them, if you don't have one, are you planning on having one? What did they say? Remember, we're talking about three groups of people. We have builders, users, and abusers. And then spoilers is the fourth group. Builders, users, abusers, and spoilers. Builders, build. Amen. I say builders, build. Users, use. Abusers, abnormally use. What they use. And spoilers, just spoil things. They spoil things. And I give you the characteristics of builders. Builders are always looking at how they can make things become better than what they found. How they can add value. How they can bring into being things that don't exist. I gave you the story of the Construct, the, the three const, uh, contractors who were building, wanted to build uh, the, the hotel in, in uh, Dubai. Have you got my picture? The first one came and said that there's too much sand. It's hot. There's no water. So we can't build. The second group said that, listen, there's too much sand. The weather is not good. There is no what Even if we want to bring water, it will be too expensive to carry. So the cost of building will be too much. So we cannot. The third one says, there is so much sun, so we don't need to buy sand. The weather is hot, so we have to work in the night. There is no water, so we have to conserve the little water we have. And with that, they got a contract. Then they started building. Now look at the outcome of what they built. From the same place, that was a desert. Hallelujah. A builder does not make excuses. A builder does not see, I cannot do. The Bible says that for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There is nothing like I cannot. There is nothing like, oh, I am waiting on the people, the weather to change. I'm waiting on uh, to get a new job. I'm waiting to get a new help, a new facility. I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for that. No, builders look for opportunity. And they use the little resources they have. And they build. We saw in Proverbs 24, 
through wisdom. It's a house built. And with understanding, it is filled with good things. I proved in this church that you don't need a new job to build a house. How many remember? If you manage what you have and you become consistent and you become disciplined, you will build. Amen. Amen. I say you will build. I remember I, I, I was preaching in, in a place and then this guy was sitting in the congregation and said that this man must be crazy. This thing that he's saying will not work. I said to him that if you want to build a house, just be there. Go and ask somebody to give you a little garage that they will give it to you. They will give you free of charge. Then when you walk in town, you see hinge, you buy. You see nail, you buy. You see uh, wood. What do you call them? Three by four. You buy and put it in the garage. Just keep doing that. He, the guy took me on and says, I'm going to prove this man that he doesn't know what he's talking about. A few years later, I went to the same place and I was preaching. When the man heard that I was there, he came and he said, Pastor, I cared you were coming to this place, so I came to visit. And I'm coming to say something. Then he said, what? I gave him the microphone and said, these are the keys to the house. This man preached one day and he said, you don't need to change your job. Just start learning how not to buy McDonald's and Nando's and save the two pounds, three pounds, just eat. Uber, stop all those things. Delivery rules, stop all those things. Use the two pounds, the three pounds. I'm talking to the student, that's why I'm here. Listen, the best time to build a house is when you're a student. You don't have any responsibilities. You don't have anybody asking you for money. You don't have school fees. You don't have anything. Child care. I used to pay 500 pounds every month for child care per child. So it became 1,000 pounds every month for two children. My mortgage at the time was about 400 pounds. So I was paying 400 pounds for my mortgage. I was paying 1,000 pounds for child care. When you are, you don't pay child care. Now, that was, this was 20 years ago. I don't know what, they, what it is now. <laughs> eh? Yeah. So now it's going to be more. This is your best. This is not the time to be going. I'm going clubbing. I'm going to a party. I'm going here. Look at some food. I'm doing this. I'm going. This is the time to spend the money wisely. You are buying, then you go and buy new hair. New, uh, new eye, eyebrows, new, new nose, new face, new chin. New eyes. New eyes. New eyes. You don't want me to preach. I say you don't want me to preach. Every time you are changing your spectacles, every time you are changing your look, I want to look this, I want to look that, I want to look this nail, that nail. Your, your nail doesn't last one, one week, two weeks you change your nail. It's purple, it's pink, it's brown, it's blue, it's green, it's red, it's red, it's, it's brown. Listen, all this blue.
blue, red, pink, purple. No, no proper correct boy has come to propose to you. All these, these type of fly-by-night boys who are going nowhere to happen. They are the ones that are looking at you. They are the ones that are, are chasing you. Spending useless money. Ah, you don't want me to say it. I say you don't want me to say it. It is money for your house. It is money for your house. Listen, if you can't afford it, cut your hair like this lady. Cut your hair and be there. You just need share butter. You don't need butter. You need your hand. Share butter. That's all. If butter, if you don't, I'll give you some. I have some. Say, so, this is Brazilian wig. How much is it? This is Peruvian wig. This is human hair. This is hostel. This. A lot of expenditure for no reason. You don't want me to say it. Listen, I can preach about angels. I can preach about demons. And you want you? I can preach very nice message that will make you happy. I can preach the miracles of Jesus. It's also very powerful. But you see, as you are, ten years. To come, you will still be renting. And you still have a problem with the landlord. I remember I used to have a landlord. I'll never forget this landlord. This landlord, we agreed that on the 28th of every month, I will pay my rent. Sometimes it will be on the 20th of the month. Then you come knocking. I said, what? Where's my rent? Anytime he's broke, he comes to knock on my door. Oh, you are laughing, but it wasn't, it wasn't a funny thing at that time. Because I was a struggling student who was working to pay his school fees, his rent, and everything else. So I used to work all night. I go and the, 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 the house, I never stayed. I always go and bath. It's my address, but I go and but I never sleep there. I had three jobs. I was, I was doing two cleaning jobs and security job. Just to, to be able to pay my way to school. This man will come on the 20th of the month. When I open the door. And when he comes, it's like, uh, have you seen somebody who's owing you and running away? The way you behave when you see, that's how he behaves. Come to fight. Give me the money this minute or I'm not leaving. I said, one day I'll be a landlord. (laughs) One day I'll be a landlord. And this will be over. The man inspired me. I said, he inspired me. Hallelujah. 
But when you misbehave, 10 years to come, 20, you see, you're laughing now, 20 years you'll still be running away from a landlord. But if you change your mind, transform the, your life by a renewing of your mind, 10 years to come, you'll be collecting 5, 10 rents from people. Instead of being a tenant, you'll be a landlord. Oh, if you are clapping, clap up. I didn't ask you to clap. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then we moved on to what? That was Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Put Ecclesiastes chapter 2 back on. From verse 4, isn't it? He says that I made my works great work. Great. I built myself houses. This is the wisest man that lived. And he's given us the children of wisdom. He says that I built houses. Can you see that? I planted myself vineyards. Last week, I think that's where we got to. The word vineyard stands for ambience. Remember, ambience, atmosphere. Listen, you are a product of the environment you are in. Amen. Do you know that the atmosphere around you influences the way you think? Absolutely. If the atmosphere is chaotic, you will think chaotic. You act chaotic. Anywhere you go, control the atmosphere around you. If you live in a house full of clutter, your mind will be cluttered. Some of us we have more things than the house we live in. We are hoarders. This TV is sport. It's been sport for 15 years, but you still keep it. You have three TVs. None of them work. You, and you have the, the proper TV that is on top of the three TVs that don't work. Oh, can I visit your room? I say, can I visit your room? This microwave is blown. But it's still in your garage. What is it doing there? You see, in this part of the world, we don't repair things. It is more expensive repairing than buying a new one. Are you with me? So when it is spot, it is spot. It is not going to be repaired. I know where you came from. When it is spot, you go to the, uh, what do you call it? Jackson, who sits at the end of the junction, and he has... More things that he will put, so you join this to this and don't join that before you realize it's working again. It doesn't work very well, but it's working. How many understand what I'm saying? You go, this, this settee, I know you spent a lot of money to buy. But now, it's, it's a long time. You have slept in it. You have farted in it. You have eaten in it. Oh. Now, the children came and they were playing and they cut the, the settee. It's open. It's, and you have gone and bought a new one by the grace of God. Powerful. Let the old one go. Oh, it's a, for sentimental value. No, it's not sentimental value. It's clutter value. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. You see, I am not from here. I'll be going back home. So, 
They are sale. They are doing sale. Then you go and buy fridge. Then you put it in the, ha- in the house. It's not, it's not opened. It's sitting there. Then you go and buy microwave. Put it there. When I'm going, I'll take it. Then you go and buy washing machine. When I'm going, I'll take it. Then you go and buy a mixer, blender. You, uh, when I'm going, I'll take it. You buy this, you buy that, you buy that. Then one year comes, you are not going anywhere. Two years comes, you are not going anywhere. Then there's another sale. Now it's even cheaper. Now it's American fridge freezer. Wow, this is the latest one. Then you go and buy that one. The double door one. Then you have one that does uh, ice. Ice, you go and buy that one. Your house is more than a warehouse. There's nowhere to turn. Meanwhile, you're not going anywhere. It's been 15 years. And you haven't gone anywhere. And you have this. Now this fridge, when you take it, it's old. It's old model. Nobody wants it. And it's still in your house. Hallelujah. Do you know how, what it means to create a vineyard? If you want to create a, vi- a vineyard or a garden, you have to dig. You have to remove some rocks. You have to take some sand away. You have to plant some things. You have to remove some things. You have to take some things somewhere. You have to, you know, before it becomes a garden. In the same way, when you go home, remove some things. Plant some things. Change some things. Repair some things. Put some things in. Because the more you put in, the more of a vineyard you're creating. Don't put fluorescent light 90 watts shining on your on top of your head in the room. It makes your mind you're always hyper. I was saying to you, when you go to a nice hotels, you won't see fluorescent 90 watts or hanging on the head. You know those type of light that hang? You won't find any hotel that has that thing. Because those things, they fry the brain. Oh yeah. They fry the brain. When you go home, change that thing. I said, change that thing. It will change the way you think. Yeah, I tell you to change. I said to you, have you not realized that the, 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 the manager or the owner of the company, his office is different from the main offices? Why do you think that happens? His office, there's no paper. There's nothing. Maybe a plant or a fish tank. That's all. Because you need clarity to think. Because for him, when he makes a wrong decision, we are either going down, everybody's losing their job, or we are getting rich. So he needs the nice environment to think. Are you understanding what I'm saying? But the one who is just uh, the, the administrator or the typist, he has a lot of papers around because they don't think. They just do. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So where you think, there must be clear, clear, you know, your bedroom, don't put too many books. Boxes. Suitcases. They are, some are falling on top of you as you are. How many understand what I'm trying to say? Your room is too full. It's, you can't think with that. Hallelujah. Have I, have I changed your mind? Have I convinced you to go and change some things? All right, let's move to the next one. Next verse. 
I made myself gardens and orchards. Amen. Which means that it's a deliberate thing. Something that you think through. If you want to make a garden, you have to decide, is it going to be a rose garden? Is it going to be a, 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 a fruit garden? Is it going to be a, a vegetable garden? What type of garden am I going to make? Then you decide, if it's a fruit garden, then I have to go and buy fruit. Do you know that in this part of the world, plants are more expensive than anything else? Why do you think that is? It's because there is great value you see, demand and supply. Where there is good demand, the price goes up. Are you with me? Because this part of the world, people pay attention to gardens and they pay attention to plants and trees. It's not easy buying a tree to plant. You are not allowed to cut any tree in this part of the world. Where I come from, oh, cut it, then they cut. <laughs> cut this, then they cut. Every day they are cutting things. They are cutting. You say, I, I don't care what city. What city is the same. Every city you go, there used to be a lot of trees. In the, in the residential area, there are always trees, isn't it? The children used to climb mango trees and coconut trees because there were so many trees and the weather was very cool. Now, they have cut all the trees and concreted and, and paved all the places. So now the place is very hot. Your mind is hot. We see, we, we sometimes we copy foolishly. We see things, we don't even evaluate why they do things the way they do. For instance, double glazing windows, sliding windows, is to prevent cold. Are you with me? And, and keep the warmth in. You live in a tropical country, hot. Then you don't do double glazing because you saw double glazing here. Now when you are sleeping, you can't sleep. Instead of making the trees, planting more trees and using, you know, like wooden. You see, when you go to, when you go to France, they have wooden windows with holes. It's a developed country. It's beautiful. Where you come to where I come from, then nobody has that thing because it's backward. Everybody wants double glaze. I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. Some of us sitting here, you've never ever entered your garden before. In fact, your garden is a forest. If I'm talking to you now, say, mm. Listen, working in your garden is one of the biggest, nicest ter therapy you can have. It's the nicest, you know, it's the best place to think. Saturday morning, working in the garden, it gives you time to reflect. As your fingers are busy in the dirt, you are giving life to a plant. And as you are giving life to a plant, you are giving life to your own life. You are giving life to your finances. You are giving life to your, your marriage. You are giving life to your spiritual life. You are bringing life. Your garden has not been mowed. The lawn has not been mowed for 
for 10 years. It's turning to the, the now it's like when you enter, you get lost. Amazon forest. Ah, uh, pastor. Uh, you're preaching well now. Now where you're taking the message, uh, garden, garden for what? Listen, my, my neighbor has a nice garden. Every time I, I look, I don't look in my own garden for enjoyment. I look in his garden for enjoyment. <laughs> because I don't have <laughs> a lot of time to tender and plant my garden. But you see, I try. If you come to my house, you see my garden, I try. I do my best. I don't have time, but I do my best. Because I know the value of garden. And I know that sometimes I'll go and buy, you know, a plant. When I'm bringing my, my family, what is this that you are doing? <laughs> well, we cover, we don't do this. And it's very expensive. The other day, I don't know what I did. There were some weeds in my garden. <laughs> and I wanted to get rid of it. You know, my mind works from where I come from. Quickly destroy everything. So I poured the... Killer, I now killed the weeds and the grass and killed everything. So after two days, my grass went from brown to red. My, my next door neighbor always comes and says, what are you doing? <laughs> so he said, now, this is poor. You can't do anything. You have to now approve this. So in the middle of the night, because I didn't want my family people to laugh at me, <laughs> I got a shovel. And then I went into the garden, scraped all the, the grass, scraped it. Then I went to buy new grass in my boot. Check whether my wife was looking or not. <laughs> then I put it down trying to lay it, and because I don't know how to do it, it looks funny. So they woke up and said, what is this? <laughs> but you see, yesterday I was looking at the garden, and now it's beautiful. It's come back, and I was like, wow. So that is how they do the grass here. I did it out of calamity, but I found out now how to, it's done properly. Hallelujah. Learn how to plant things. Are you with me? Don't go and uh, concrete your house. Plant plants. Are you with me? If you do that, you will learn how to plant things in your life. However, we need to plant some education in our life. Because our life did not come with education. Maybe you're a great cook. You can cook, but you haven't taken lessons. Plant lessons. Go and get some lessons on cookery, get a cookery certificate. Am I talking to somebody? You've been doing hair for years. Nobody ever taught you how to do hair. You are good at it. No, plant some are you with me? Know-how into the natural gift you have. Hallelujah. Next one. I made myself Water pools from which to water the growing of the grove. See, he said, I made water pools, swimming pools, to which I irrigate 
the farm are made. You will see a lot of places, they don't have dams that irrigate the plants. So even though the soil is good, the weather is good, they can't produce anything. Because nobody is using wisdom to add water pools to it. Have you not realized that in this part of the world, the, 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 the weather is not favorable for planting, for food crops. And yet they, provide, they produce more food than Africa. Have you not realized that when you're driving any countryside, you see a lot of farms. You see farms. They are planting things. They are planting. They are planting. They are planting. Everywhere you go, there's like, you use hedge too. Hedge. Then you go small. There's another hedge. When you drive anywhere in Africa, I don't care where it is. When you move from one town to the other, you pass through a sea of forest on the left and on the right. No planting. No plantation. No irrigation. Everybody's thinking about something. Wisdom is justified by her children. That's the reason why we don't have... We have to import food that we eat, even though we have the best weather. Those who don't have the good weather, they are the ones giving us food to eat. Is it not a shame? And you see, when I, when I bring it to a country, you can see it clearly. But when I bring it to your life, you can't see it. But you see, it's the same thing. It's the same thing as the country. It's the same as your life. Just as the country is not developing their land, so they are hungry. In the same way, you're not developing. You're not using your time. You have a lot of free time. What are you doing with the free time? Sitting there watching Nigerian movie. Sitting there watching. You watch it from morning to night. Say, so I ask for me, I work nights. Yes, you have come back from night. And you are not asleep. And you are watching daytime television. What is that guy, Jeremy... Jeremy Kyle. And then he went, yeah, these people are foolish. This are... Take a course. I said, take a course. Hallelujah. Do something. Develop your land. I said, develop your land. Add value to yourself. You don't like the message. The way you are looking at me is like, it's like you are not happy with me. But listen, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? I don't. Next one. Next verse. I acquired male and female servants. I acquired male and female servants. Do you know that until you stop working for people, you are not rich? If you are ever going to be rich, you have to work for yourself. Let me, let me show you something. For, for me to employ you, okay, or for anybody to employ you, you must produce minimum four times what they pay you for it to make economic sense for them to employ you. You didn't think about it that way. Yeah, because otherwise it doesn't make sense. That's why they, they always let people go. When the uh, business is not doing well, they say we have to lay off staff. Why? Because if... You are, if I'm paying you 100 pounds and you are worth 100 pounds, then why should I pay you? But if you are providing 800 pounds and I'm paying you 100 pounds, then it makes sense for me to retain you. Are, are you with me? Which means that you are worth more than what you give to your boss. 
You never thought of it that way. Your nine to five is worth more for them than it is worth for, than what they give you. It's at least four times what they give you. Amen. So when you work for yourself, you gain four times more than you were gaining. Are, are you getting it? But when you employ somebody, you gain times four. Minus one. So you gain three. On top of the four you are, you have. I don't know whether you got the maths. So at the minute you are getting 100 pounds working for somebody. When you work for yourself, you gain 400 pounds. Same time. When you get somebody to work for you, they are giving you 400 and you are giving 100 pounds back. So you are getting 700 pounds for employing one person. When you add two people, you get a thousand pounds. You pay. You get thousand two hundred. You pay them two hundred. You get a thousand. When you employ three people, thousand three hundred for yourself. You employ. Are you understand what I'm saying? So you see, you will never ever be rich until you get to a place where you employ people. Have you seen those type of people? for me? I don't want anybody to work for me. I don't want to be paying anybody. You see, wisdom is not fully present. A lot of people can do better than they are doing, but they are not expanding. As for me, I like a subsistent type of. So you work and you, there's a, a, a seamstress by my house, not far from my house. She only opens three days a week. A few hours, about three hours. When she feels like it, she comes and opens. And then she'll be there for three hours, then she'll close and go home. And then when she feels like it, she'll come. And so that you can never gauge when she'll be there and when she will not be there. Just down the road, there's another seamstress who has employed other people. And their shop is always busy. People are always there. But this one, but you see, the, the overhead costs between the two shops are the same. They pay the same rent. They pay the same bills. But this one opens on average six hours a week. This one is always open. Which one do you think will make more money? Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. Never ever think a soul trader. My own work. Think global. Think beyond. Always make room. If you, are, you start a job, you start a business, make room. Are you with me? Make room in your company to hire people. Because if you have more people working for you, you take more contracts and you make more money. You see, the reason why we don't like doing that is because it's headache. More people is headache. More people is issues. Somebody told me that, listen, one church is enough. Pastor one church and it's fine. You won't have problems. More churches means more problems. Yeah, this pastor has decided that he's, he's having a stomach ache, so he won't go to church. And they tell you at the last minute, you have to find somebody to go and replace them. This person got this problem. That the person that problem. It's, it's a lot of stress. 
But believe you me, it's a better stress. Am I talking to somebody? It's better stress. Let's move on. I had servants born in my house. Are you getting the picture? He's not thinking about himself. He's not thinking about just looking after his children. He's thinking about looking after other people who work for him. See, you will see that the, the, the boss who does well is the boss who thinks the welfare of the, the, the workers he has. For somebody to be born in your house, it means you are a caring person. Do you know when they are born in your house, you have to pay their, their bills? Am I talking to somebody? I had great possessions. Ask your neighbor, do you have great possessions of heads and flocks? Do you have great possessions of heads? Ask, ask, do you have, do you have, do you have? When I say possessions, I'm not talking about your shoes and handbags. I'm not talking about your, your rings and uh, and uh, what do you call it? your laptops and your, what do you call them? iPhone. No. Do you have a property you can bequeath somebody? Do you have something that, listen, think like a dying person and you think right. I remember once my pastor told me this. I never understood it. It was years later I understood this, this line. Think like a dying person and you will do well. Do you know what it means? If you think like a dying person, you always ask yourself, when I die, what would they say about me? When I die, what would they write about me? When I die, what do I have to show for my life? When I die, if I were to die today, what would people say? What, what have I achieved with my life? It will make you start correcting some things in your life. The reason why we don't do well is because we never think that there will come a day that we will be old or a day that we will die. If I were to ask in this room, how many of you have pension? Only few people will say, I have pension. But one day, you will not be able to go to work anymore. One day, you will not be able to earn money. And if you can't earn money, do you have a scheme? Do you have something that is saved in, in reserve for you to work for you when you can't work for yourself? Have you considered that? When you earn thousand pounds a month, it's not yours. All of it is not for uh, white rose or what's the other one? Trinity. It's not for Trinity. Some of it is for your pension. Don't look at me that way. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Possessions that you can pass, you can bequeath. Do you have something that you can give to somebody? Do you have something you are planning to hand over to somebody? Do you have something or there's nothing? I remember a family member of mine died. And it was my duty to go and clear his house and distribute. You know, what, what, what did they call that? I was the executor. Of his estate. So I got his keys. Got into his. Flat. Do you know what I found? Do you want to know what I found? I found. 
jazz albums, music, LPs. You know those vinyl LPs, yeah. And then ten table and speakers. And then I found some old settee and a bed. That was it. So I took the sound system. He had two children. So I gave one the sound system and then the other the LPs here. And they said, what do I do with this? <laughs> because the LPs, they are like this old Isaac Hayes, you know, type of music that don't mean anything to teenagers. No possession. No possession. It doesn't matter how old you are. Do you have possession to give to somebody? Ask your neighbor. You are looking at me. Ask your neighbor. Ask, ask, push them. They are, they are looking away. They are becoming very serious. As if I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to them. Push somebody and ask them. Do you have possessions? I'm not talking about your, your hair. I know you have three wigs. I'm not talking about your wig. Nobody's going to wear your wig after you are dead. <laughs> All right, let me finish today. Let me finish. Let me finish. Go. I, I only have one more verse and I'm done. Verse 8. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the special treasures of kings and of prophecies. I acquired male and female singers, the delight of the sons of men, musical instruments of all kinds. Hallelujah. Silver and gold. Let me show you one way of making money. One easy way of making money. Start buying this type of antique gold. Buy it and keep it. After 15 years, sell it. A lot of money. You don't even need gold. Antiques, buy them. The value never falls. It always goes up. Instead of spending the money on just eats. How many are getting some wisdom? Think like a dying person. Think. Especially those of us who are parents. What are you leaving back for your children? And the Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Not only his children, but his children's children. So just as you have children, you have to think about their children. Have you got anything to pass to them? That they can also pass on. Do you have a legacy? Do you have something you are leaving behind that the world will remember you by? Or you are just going to pass? And as you pass away, your memory is also passing away. I pray that one day I'll have a hospital. I have an orphanage that has my name. Memorial Hospital. That I've left for posterity. And I'm working towards it. Always work to leave a legacy. Not that you come, you eat, you go and die. There are some names we can never forget them. Because they left a legacy. There are some names that even passed through our, our own generation. We can't remember them. Our own family members, we don't remember them. Because they didn't leave anything. <laughs> they came and passed through like that. Stand to your feet.